Sacktown Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. 916-339-1140 is the number. All guessing callers, join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Let's get out to Doug wants to be a part of the conversation. What's up, Doug? You're on Styles and Watkins. Gentlemen, love your show. How are you guys doing today? Great, We're good. good. We're good. Right. Well, I got I got two points I wanted to uh, bring up, and the one you were just talking about with the uh, Halliburton uh, forever and ever talk. Uh, yes. Who did better? Uh, I, I still think the the improvement that we've got uh, by having some bonus um, and I don't care. I mean, I love what Halliburton's doing. I'm very happy for him, but I'm really happy that we've got someone that we can run our offense through and stuff and uh, perform the way he has with his triple doubles and his very common double doubles. And I think it's a, it's a great piece and a great fit for us. The one that I never hear anybody talk about, though, is maybe they didn't want Fox. And yeah. no one ever talks about that. All they say is, well, look at the trade we got. And both teams got this and stuff. Yeah, but it, no one was the fly on the wall in that room mm-hmm. when that went down. It's like, hey, well, maybe they don't want Fox, and we just want Halliburton. So that that's one. And the other one is, and I'll go to my grave on this one, <laughs> as long as Luka is on Dallas, they will never win a championship. You can have the biggest crow in there, and I'll come in and eat it because <laughs> I don't I don't mind. Because he has gone in and he ran Dennis Smith Jr. out of town. He ran Zingers out of town. He's had all these guys that have come in there that they keep trying to put guys around him. And guess what? The fit is not working because at the center of it is Luca. And the next one, next team to do that is going to be Trey Young with Atlanta because they're not winning with him. And they've gotten rid of a whole bunch of guys for that. Love your show. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. Doug. Yeah, no, great call. And. Yeah, the the Luca thing. We we've talked about Luca Ball and how I think the Mavs are still trying to figure things out. Another person, Jalen Jalen Brunson. As far as the Halliburton versus Fox thing, Chris yes. got to give kudos to Chris who has said that mm-hmm. on the show. If the Kings valued Fox and Halliburton the same way or about the same, and 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 went out and was trying to make a move, they maybe said to the potential suitors like Indiana, "Hey, whoever you want." Just take, just just take yeah. them, right? Yeah. And they said, okay, we'll take Tyrese, right? Yeah. They didn't push one or the other. Or maybe they did, and they said, right. we actually want Tyrese. Are you willing to do Tyrese? Yeah. And the King said, we think it's close enough. Sure, we'll do Tyrese. That easily that easily could have happened as well. Yeah, from what I understand, that was the case too, is for the most part, I mean, whether it was Philadelphia, let's not forget that there was some Ben Simmons talk at that time before he, well, he was already damaged goods, but that was before we really, really officially 100% knew he was damaged goods. Um, Yeah, I mean, De'Aaron was being shopped just as much as Tyrese, but the reality of the situation was it's not viewed this way now, but people were afraid of De'Aaron's contract. They were like, this guy's already making max money you guys have not made the playoffs with him. Mm-hmm. Why should we want to accept that kind of money when Tyrese was is still on a rookie contract? And, you know, he's a little bit more versatile in terms of his shooting, and we see his passing ability as well. I just think that at the end of the day, the teams were like, hey, we'll take uh, the lower risk, frankly, frankly with uh, Tyrese and his contract. And, you know, if we were to trade for De'Aaron, that's, we're, we have to know that De'Aaron Fox is is going to be a franchise guy. And at the time, 
there was the jury was still out. And, you know, you can't really blame scouts or GMs for not fully watching every single game of De'Aaron Fox and saying, okay, there's some stuff here. I mean, at that point, they're just saying, this guy's been on this Kings team for five years and they're still the same old Kings. So if we bring him over to Indiana, why should we think that this guy's going to be a game changer for us? It's a great point. And I think it's a fair point. And I think De'Aaron, you know, I hate to go, hate to go Peter Parker or Uncle Ben here (laughs) with great power comes great responsibility. And everybody wants to be the man, but it it comes with responsibility. Mm -hmm. And De'Aaron has the weight of, or had the weight of those 16 years. He got that weight off him. Well, tell them what they won, Johnny. New expectations, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And and new and, and, and new goals that if you are a competitor, as I believe De'Aaron to be, as we do the dog segment for a reason, yeah. I think he will be up to the task. But it all starts, I'm going to bring it all the way back, with them free throws. Yeah. With the free throws. <laughs> Set the tone. You, you got to get it going. And look, we're, we are a show of the people. And like I said, when you bring up Tyrese Halliburton, People want to have that conversation. Chris, this is what we're talking about here. Uh-oh. As as De'Aaron on the court, love him. De'Aaron off the court, I, I do think that Indiana is a different Indiana because of who Tyrese Halliburton For is, sure. right? Yeah. And De'Aaron, I wouldn't call him Mike Trout, but he just wants to kick it. <laughs> Yeah. He just he wants doesn't to want to be in the All Star game, right? No, yeah. no. Meanwhile, Tyrese has eighteen center. outfits ready <laughs> from two weeks ago. By the way, I saw his yeah. uh, what he wore to the actual All Star game with the cuffs on the arms. The, somebody said he looks like he's a delegate from the place where Cookie Monster is from. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I it saw that. It was so perfect. I have no. It's like a, it's the most normal outfit he's ever worn. It's yes. just a suit, but for some reason he just has. On his biceps, two massive yeah. blue fluffy. It literally looks like he shaved Cookie Monster. It's right. ridiculous. Well, that, that, that's who he is, and he stays relevant. This yeah. is from the 530. <laughs> this is from the 530. Tyrese had the narrative we needed to fix our cultural void that affects us now with Fox as a bonus. And that's part of the reason not they didn't make the all-star because we lose the narrative interest. Of the league, Tyrese shines on film and podcasts. You're not wrong. You're not, You're not wrong. wrong. You're not wrong. But that stuff doesn't but... win games. And I'm not saying Tyrese isn't a winner, and I'm not saying the Kings wouldn't have won with Tyrese instead of De'Aaron. But right, that stuff's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, like that's, that's not what GMs should consider when you know it can only Pat take Bev you... having a right. podcast should not keep him in the NBA. It can only take you so far. Yeah. And if the Kings were looking to make a deal, should they have thought, well, as far as Sacramento is concerned, right. Tyrese could help us because he – and first of all, did we even know that Tyrese was this charismatic when he got drafted? Not fully. Um, there was always a lot of, like, he was NBA Twitter, like, you know, yeah. you know draft nerds. College, they him, don't but... really – coaches don't really let you do too much. No, no. You can't really be yourself. Yeah. So, I don't know if and, – and look, if you want to ask the question this way, 5-3-0, if hindsight was 2020, would the Kings have done things differently? I have no clue. Yeah. I really don't. I'm sure they would prefer the, yeah, national spotlight and all yeah. that stuff. But at the same time, winning will get you just as much. And oh, probably not just as much, but winning will get you in the spotlight if that's what you're seeking. So at the end of the day, that's what's important is this team is winning. And uh, in all of this conversation, too, I think there is the what if the Kings just kept Ty- Tyrese and De'Aaron and didn't make a trade at all? Where would the Kings be? Would that have actually been the best scenario for the Kings to play out? And I would just say, I mean, there's no guarantee that, A, it would have worked out between the two. I think it would have, but there's no guarantee. 
And B, how long would that have changed? Like, would this have been the season where things start to turn around? Would it have been last year still making the playoffs? I think maybe last yeah, year. but maybe the play-in. Yeah, like there's just no guarantee that the Kings would have even been this competitive at this point. It might have been two or three, maybe next year down the line uh, before you actually started to see results. So Last one, last one as we move on, because this one is just funny to me from the 916. I believe Fox said, get rid of Buddy Heald or I'm not playing. <laughs> and Tyrese was just was collateral. <laughs> Tyrese was just collateral damage. There's no way. There, there's no way. Leave Buddy alone. Leave Buddy alone, man. I'm not trying. I cannot confirm or deny that report, but I'm telling you that, that there's something there. That was a good one, 916. When we get back, we still have those clips from the Brandon Pajemski article that I think that Chris will find hilarious. Same with the rest of you. We also will discuss the J.J. Reddick beef with the job that he took. Sal's and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Live and local. This is Town Sports. Anthony Slater wrote an article about Brandon Pajemski. And look, we, we joke about, before we get into this, we joke about Brandon Pajemski. But I do think he's going to be a good player. And I think he just, honestly, I see a lot of, there are different types of of competitors and he's just one of those competitors that I know it's the classic you love to have him if he was on your team you you can't really stand him if he if he's not on your team and that's why we're falling on this this side of the ball here but Anthony Slater put out an article on the athletic as you know Brandon Pajemski has said stuff like I plan on taking the taking the torch from Steph and things like that Chris this is just for this is just for some fun here some of these clips that Warriors Twitter is is has kind of found in Slater's article are actually absurd. And I don't think that you've seen them yet. So I'm just gonna I read them to you and just have you react because it's it's kind of hilarious. Okay. Especially with everything, especially with everything we've discussed uh with, with people just doing too much. So this was Draymond, this is from Bleach Report kind of reporting on it. Draymond says Brandon Pajemski yelled at him once about a turnover during a Watch scrimmage. Watch out. Watch out. During Light a scrimmage. <laughs> so it. after Draymond came back, Pajemski said, we can't have a turnover for for game. You cannot turn the ball over for game. Draymond says, I was like, okay, cool. You got it. No problem. But make sure you speak up like that all the time. So that is Brandon Pajemski hmm. saying that to one Draymond Green and you know he he doesn't he does not care he does not care here's another he sure one doesn't man he, he must have not read the news clippings from last year no here's another one Pajemski trails Curry for post-game workouts and studies what makes him great he might be the most active member of the team's group chat according to Green mm. and told Green he was coming for him via text messages <laughs> And then Green says, I wouldn't do this if I were you, Green warned. I don't play fair. He sure does. We know, we know, Draymond. (laughs) Pajemski then sent a bunch of old photos of Green to the team, the funniest he could find. Draymond says, 
He was like, wham, 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 Green said of the flood of texts, and then remembered he hadn't retaliated. I still got popcorn. I still got a popcorn his car. Oh, that's late. That, that's Draymond responding to to Pajemski. <laughs> this is my personal favorite. Pajemski stays extremely late after games. He strolls around the locker room and converses with anyone in his orbit. <laughs> he tried to set up an NBA related quiz after a game early in the season to get some spending money. Oh my god. Off Thompson and then compared their salaries when Thompson was hesitant. Thompson told him to stop pocket watching. What? Who is this guy? He is literally, I feel like maybe Steph has said it before and I just didn't have the context, but this guy is literally the annoying younger brother. Can I can we go there though? Can we go there though? Where? You know where I'm going with this. Did Jordan Poole walk so Brandon oh Pajemski could run? God. Why is this okay? I why have is no this idea. okay for I have Pajemski no to do? Why this is okay either. Because I'm like, this hey, This man. sounds more annoying than <laughs> Jordan Poole. That's why I'm like, lesser men, lesser things have gotten a lot worse retaliation. I cannot believe that uh that Draymond, I mean, I can I would imagine that Draymond is probably on a no-punch policy at this point, but I cannot believe that uh that someone would have the audacity to just walk in that locker room with all of those Hall of Famers, all of those rings, and then say, yeah, like, y'all really ain't nothing. Like, you guys are just my teammates. I don't really do you guys. A quiz is insane. That's insane. So you're you're setting up a quiz, and and, and somebody else would set up the quiz, so if you win, you take some of Clay's money? I can't answer that. I (laughs) I, I think that that's. Hilarious. I honestly thought I I I honestly thought I must be misreading this. That's what that's what I thought. That's crazy. I mean, good for him. Like you need to you need to not be afraid walking into a locker room like that. I can't imagine how difficult it is to again see all those rings, see all those Hall of Famers, and not just fall in line. But that's I mean that, that that's pretty cool. I will say you know all all hate in the side. Like it's pretty cool to see a rookie walk in there and kind of walk in with the confidence that I am me and like you know I'm I'm pretty great as a person like I'm not gonna you know shelter myself from you guys because you guys are who you are y'all are gonna have to deal with me the the group text thing to me is the most fitting part like I could definitely there's always one guy who's hyperactive in all of the but that's me maybe that's why I joke about Pajemski so much because he's me That, that, that's me. But that's great. Especially in a team, you need somebody like that. You absolutely need somebody like that, especially for that warrior team that probably at this point takes themselves way too seriously. He sounds like a guy who's just constantly reminding them, y'all really ain't nothing. Maybe not Steph. He just stays after like games. sounds like Draymond. He's very unafraid. He follows Steph around. It's just it's just great. 916-339-1140. Let's get to TC who wants to be a part of the conversation. What's up, TC? You know what it is. What you got for us? Yes, sir. My two guys, what's up with it, man? Walkers and Styles. Yes, sir. Not too much, man. How you How you feeling? Just vibing, man. Ready for the second half, man. The Kings gonna finish top six, man. We are gonna finish six seed, man. I'm, I'm gonna leave it out there, and we are gonna win our first playoff round. I'm gonna call it right now, man. The boys, the band gonna come in lit up, ready to go, and everybody gonna go. Okay. But what I got on that hell for sure, for sure. That's how I'm feeling. But the Halliburton and Fox situation, look, check it out. Like, even if we did trade Fox to Indiana, Fox, I mean, Halliburton is a bonus 
wouldn't have worked out, in my opinion, because they're both ball dominant, mm. just like how Fox and Halliburton wouldn't work out. Sabonis has the ball in his hand yeah. more than Fox almost. Mm-hmm. So how would it work? So if everybody, Kings fans, got to think about that, whoever's complaining about that, how would Halliburton and Sabonis work? It wouldn't have. Yeah. That's really interesting. I really think about that. Yeah. No, I haven't heard anybody really bring that part up, but it's a, it's a really good point that – you know, I mean, with how the Kings' offense is run, it is pretty much Demonis Sabonis having the ball in his hands a lot. And I'm not saying Tyrese Halliburton wouldn't be able to run off of screens, and you can maybe even argue with how good of a shooter he is. Like, he's just kind of adding to the Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, uh, you know, just putting shooters around Sabonis. But, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Tyrese would not look like the Tyrese that we see today, that's for sure. I mean, that man has the ball in his hands pretty much every time down the floor, and that's why he gets so many assists. But it's interesting. It's definitely interesting to just think about stylistically how different Tyrese and Sabonis would look uh, as opposed to how it looks now. I I, I do think that it probably would be at the detriment of Sabonis. Like, he probably would have to have the ball in his hands a little bit less, and, you know, it would probably turn him a little bit more into, like, a Jonas Valent, like a little bit more back to the basket as opposed to, all the the craftiness that we see now. But I think that right, that is the the chicken or the egg thing. Yes. Is it is the Kings offense set up like that because of their personnel or because of their system? If they have decided to keep Tyrese, then are you accepting, hey, Sabonis, this is what your role is gonna have to be. Yeah. We're not we're not gonna have you do this or whatever the case is. So, you know, ultimately we'll never know. But this is a conversation that's going to go on forever. Hell yeah. Weirdly gets talked about more than Luca and Trey. It sure does. Yep. Which maybe it's because Luca hasn't, well, Halliburton hasn't won anything either, but, sure has it. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, I, maybe it's just because people, people feel that Trey isn't as far away from Luca. I have no clue because it's not as if Halliburton, especially when you get Sabonis back, it's, it's not as if the Pacers, I guess when people say, oh, man, the Kings screwed up that trade, what what are you imagining? Are you imagining to not make the trade and to just keep running with De'Aaron and, and Halliburton? Are you imagining Halliburton and Sabonis? Mm-hmm. What is it that you think would have been the perfect situation for the Kings? Yeah. And ultimately, I don't think people know. Yeah, I don't think so either. And Because and also— Maybe Fox and Halliburton. That, that In my mind, that feels like— I mean, there's really just no way of telling because De'Aaron and HB are the only two players on the team, and Davion are the only players on the team that were still there. So, like, does Malik Monk ever come to Sacramento if they still have Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron? Or if they don't have – I mean, again, that De'Aaron and Monk relationship was apparently a big reason why Malik chose here. So, does Malik ever come here? Do they make that Kevin Herter trade? Do they trade for somebody else? What does that mean with them ending up taking Keegan Murray? Do they end like there's so many sliding doors moments, but it's a great question of, yeah, what 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 is it that people uh, are fantasizing about when they say, oh, if the Kings didn't trade Tyrese, I, I, I've never gotten a good answer to that or when, gotten a answer. to. Yeah. That. When we get back, J.J. Reddick continues to complain about a job that he accepted. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.
Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Nick Wright has had a lot to say as J.J. Redick has been very vocal about, I guess, the state of sports talk. And J.J. Redick has joined or joined First Take and has been that voice of reason. And people see clips, and that's the thing, Chris. I think people see clips that don't watch First Take. Yes. And they say, J.J. is fixing First Take. But if you like First Take, as as Nate and I and, and, and Chris as well, we were talking about food. Right. If you are in the mood for that's the same thing we said about when Keith Lee came to the Bay Area. Right. Keith Lee really likes soul food. Soul food is not the best in the Bay. So now people think that the Bay doesn't have good food because Keith Lee, who really likes soul food, it was hard for him to get good soul food. Right. That's one thing that's lacking. He didn't go on a taco trip. Right. Right. He didn't, didn't go on a burrito. For burritos. Right. Or he didn't go yeah. on a sushi right. extravaganza. Right. So J.J. Reddick now. Is, is, I guess, complaining about what fans want yeah. because he has takes that are more X's and O's. He has takes that are more hot takey. Right. And he is upset, I guess, that one got more views than another. And, and JJ, you got to understand where you are. Let's hear from, from, from JJ and, and what he had to say on that. Since when is it players' jobs to educate people on basketball. When did that become a thing? When did that become a thing? Isn't that our job? Isn't that our job? I'll answer. I, I'll I do answer that when, as my I'm, job. I'm, That's I'm, my job I'm, to educate I'm, people I'm on letting, basketball. I'm letting you speak, no, and then I, I, I'll I, answer. I, I'm, it's our job, Stephen A., to educate mm-hmm. people on basketball. It's okay. our job. And here's the reality. This is the okay. ecosystem we live in. I can do okay. a video on my podcast. I can do a video on my podcast where I break down the last nine games the Pelicans have used Zion Williamson as the primary ball handler and what type of actions that has led to. I looked it up this morning. 54,000 views on YouTube. But I want to call out a coach yesterday. Oh, that gets tens of millions of engagements. That's the ecosystem we live in. So do fans actually want to be educated or not? There's a lot there. Is he asking a que- is yeah. he asking a question? This is first take. It's a right. debate show. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything educational about first take. I mean, I don't just... understand. This is the same thing that yeah. we talk about as we were discussing food again. Sometimes, and I'll say the same thing. We just talked about tacos, right? Yep. Sometimes I have a taste for Chipotle in California. Everybody. Oh my goodness, how could you eat Chipotle when you live right. in California and you have such good Mexican food? It's not that I I think Chipotle is good Mexican food. Yeah. I just have a taste for Chipotle. Mm-hmm. If I want really good Mexican food, authentic Mexican food, then I won't go to Chipotle. Right. It's the same thing with McDonald's. Sometimes you have a taste for McDonald's. JJ, you're taking these checks and you're surprised right. or upset that that you get more clicks when you say a really hot take versus X's and O's, I don't really understand yeah. what he's upset about. I Yeah, I mean, I think he's upset that he thought that he was going to probably change the landscape of everything because he was like, I'm going to give this player's perspective and this is what people are yearning for. And he's figuring out that that's just not how media works. It's all sensational and like 
loud yelling. Like I'm, I'm sure JJ is going to be so upset when he sees how many clicks this is going to do. Right. Like right. this is the stuff that gets people going. And I would love to break down games and, and film and all that stuff, but there's just not a market for it. And you just, but you there need, is though. There's, I'm sorry. There's but a not, market for it. There's not a mass market. But, for but it. whatever he's talking about, that X's and O's thing, yeah. this is what's tripping me out. That wasn't on first take. Right. So I don't know what you're upset about. Yeah. You first of all, JJ, you're rich. Okay. Also, and, that, and right. you're, you're, if you had a problem, don't take the money. You, right. Don't take the job. Yeah. So you have you have a situation where you can do your yeah. hardcore viewership, hardcore basketball hoop head thing yeah. there, yeah. doing it, and then you have your first take thing. So you're upset that some fans are just or care more. People care about people and relationships. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's drama, right? It's drama. It's, it's all it is. That's why Simone's like, yeah. Like, why do you think there's reality television? Exactly. Exactly. It's and that's what the MB, that's why the NBA is more popping on social media than any other league is because there's so much drama and that's what people care about. Like again, I wish people like there is people who care about the X's and O's, but you just you gotta you gotta create your own platform for it. To your point, and I, I just think that. JJ just kind of doesn't understand what the landscape is, and he clearly doesn't understand that first take is just not the place for it. Like you're just you're never first take is literally made created so that you can just get take. It's it's in the name. It's just getting takes off. Yes, you're not getting educational on first take. You're just giving out your thoughts and opinions. Right, and not every thought and opinion has to have some sort of logic or reasoning behind it. Some. Opinions are just that. They're just opinions. Yeah, and you have, and, and you know, we joke a, a lot about Nick Wright on the show. We're working to get Nick Wright on this show as well. Didn't see him at Super Bowl. He was not there, But yeah. we will get a hold of Nick Wright. So Nick Wright says, he's got a couple here that I find pretty funny. And he says, I totally understand folks who aren't into televised sports discussion debate. It's not for everyone. I will never understand someone who is incredibly wealthy opts into working in the space and then simply uses the platform to complain about how right. useless slash dumb the space is. Yeah. Just, you got to utilize it for yourself, right? Like you got to, you got to figure out how to make it work for you. Um, and you know, I don't hear, I, I'm pretty sure Zach Lowe doesn't love being on NBA today, sitting, sitting next to Kendrick Perkins right. when, but that's why Zach Lowe is like, I have my podcast for that. Mm -hmm. And JJ just kind of, I think needs to understand the same thing that when you're on first take, that's not for what you want it to be. You, if you gonna, if you're gonna be on first take, you got to play the game. But if you don't want to be on first take, that's what your podcast is for. And if people are gonna look at, I don't, like, and to your point too, what is he upset about? Like, what exactly is it that he's upset that that video didn't get? Because I'll tell you what, <laughs> I don't know. They, I'll, I'll take fifty four thousand yeah. views or whatever. Right. That seems like a a pretty good thing to me. I, I just I I don't know. I, if he, it, it sounds to me like he's just upset that. Being loud and being upset gets clicks, but but you knew welcome this. Welcome to 2024, my guy. You like, knew that's this. Always been the case. You knew this. Nick Wright goes on to say, personally, I'd be a little embarrassed. For example, if I got invited on to talk deep X's and O's, and I just yelled at him saying, "This is boring. Let's rank players." To know exactly what you signed up for, take the check, then whine about how beneath you it is is <laughs> wild to me. He said he had one more tweet. So Nick Wright was really. Really getting after JJ. Fox had, versus ESPN. Yeah, that that makes sense, that. Yeah. too. Yeah. And Nick Wright had one more that said, I wouldn't go to, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, 
I wouldn't go to an Uno party and right. complain about playing Uno yes. and tell everybody how we need to play chess. Yes, exactly. I think that's that is a spot on metaphor because that's the thing is JJ's just he got invited to the to the Uno party and he's not trying to play Uno. But it's like if exactly if if you're not trying to play the game that you're signing up for that you've been invited to do, then don't do it. Tell your bosses at ESPN, hey. I'd rather go on NBA today. Like, does he have like just again? You you gotta you gotta understand the situation that you're walking into. And I think he does. And I, <laughs> I well, I think he does. But I believe, to be honest, I think he knows what he walked into. I think he's just upset that he, like you said, hasn't been able to change the landscape. And he's been the guy who's essentially caped up for the the real hoop heads, right? Yeah, right. The situ. The, but the the whole thing is. JJ, your the the group of people that you're speaking for, they're only seeing you on social media, right? Because they're not watching First Take because they never liked that type exactly. of show. Yep. So you're you're winning on NBA Twitter, but you're losing when it comes to the viewership yeah. because people that turn on First Take want to hear the debates. Exactly. That's why they've been watching for years. Right. Exactly. People, you said you don't really watch First I, Take, not at all. But you probably like when you see JJ. Oh yeah, oh, I JJ love getting on clips. Too. Yes, I mean, well, yes, but it. I'm saying when JJ gets on Mad Dog or whoever, uh, that's cool. Yeah, but that's because you don't watch. Exactly. If you watch JJ, right. I didn't turn this on for you to tell me how stupid I am right. for watching the show. Absolutely. Now I'm just going to no turn wants it off. Me talk down to exactly nine one six three three nine eleven forty. Let's get to Raymond, who wants to be a part of the conversation. What's up, Raymond? You're on Styles and Watkins. You got about 30, 45 seconds. What you got for us? Hey, I think you guys are missing what his point was on that. Okay. He was making a reference and comment to what Kevin Durant said. It had nothing about first take. What mm-hmm. he was speaking to was Kevin Durant saying how he doesn't open up and talk more to the media or get, let people in about him and his personal and like basketball life. And I think that that was his response was that they, they were being challenged as far as do people actually really want to know more about the game or do people just want to be here for the drama? And that was his evidence was only 54,000 people cared about actual basketball news where tens of millions of people cared about the drama of it. So that was more of what his take was about. Interesting. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Thanks. Thanks for the call. That's why context matters. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, Oh, thanks for the call, Raymond. We were up against it, but at the same time, obviously, so is Nick Wright doing this on purpose then is my question. And he knows he's taking it out of context. That's my question then. I guess so, right. Yeah, I didn't factor into that. Well, I mean, yeah, Nick Wright probably also doesn't know the context though because I bet Nick Wright also isn't watching first take. And that is that's the whole point of all this. It's all done in clips. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. all it's all done in clips. So essentially KD, yeah, KD was saying I'm not that charismatic and things like that and JJ was saying, "Hey, it's not their job." To do that, it's it's our job, mm. right? So I I, I understand, and, and thanks for that context, Raymond. But at the same time, I just, I kind of, it does feel, J.J. has also, the reason everybody took it there is because J.J. has also been that guy right, exactly. to talk down yeah. on the, the situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's I think that's, that's the point, too, is that J.J. has done this in the past, and this has also been, acu- like, he's been accused of this for a while, of, of always trying to say, well, what are, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – yeah, I still think that it's it's fair, but I, I do understand where J.J. is coming from. I do also want to get to the bottom of that question, though, because 
it is interesting whose job – I know it's the, obviously the media's job to some extent, but I would also argue with how that relationship has changed between player and media – the players have kind of taken it with all their podcasts and stuff. I've taken it upon themselves to be the one who teaches because frankly, they don't really talk to the media like that when it comes to those kind of stuff. All we really get is the press conferences. We don't really get the personal one-on-one conversations to really find out what's going on. So I do think it's an interesting question of whose responsibility is it to educate the, the general audience. Definitely a conversation that will come up again. And great call from Raymond. Yes. Thanks again. We are up against it. So we will definitely hear from you again or hope to hear from you again when we get back. Second half or last third thoughts and what's coming up next for the Kings. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Call or text. 916-339-1140. We are fully loaded for this crossover crosstalk with both the Drive guys, Whitey Gleason and Kyle Draper, joining us. Fellas. Yeah, look who's back. Look who's, look who's back. Back, yeah. back again. Back in the building. Yeah. I need a vacation from the vacation. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's oh fair enough. Gosh. I know. I know. I want to start here, fellas, before... We get to kind of the thoughts for the, the second half. This just came out, and it's being pushed there about two hours ago. Most valuable franchises, and they have a top five here. At number five, the New York Yankees. Yeah. At number four, the Los Angeles Lakers. At number three, the New York Knicks. At number two, wow. the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. And at number one, the Dallas Cowboys. My question is, throughout – sports and how things rotate right you see the four teams that are just always there when is the last time a team has been able to do what the golden state warriors have done and do we think it's at all sustainable because i i don't i think when steph is gone this thing is and and i'm and i'm always telling chris about how good i think jonathan Kaminga is but when steph is gone this thing is gonna drop right when is the last time there's been Drape, you know the t- the term "old money, new money," right? Right? right the, right. the the Warriors yeah, kind of new, new money. money. Yeah. When, once once Steph goes away, this thing is not this thing is not going to stay where it's at, right? No, I mean, you know, the the closest comparison I would make would be the New England Patriots in mm, football. That's a good right. one. You know, yeah. they had that yeah. sustained run. You know, they were among you know one of the top fives when they had Tom Brady mm-hmm. and things were great. And then Brady leaves, mm-hmm. you've seen they've fallen off. Yeah. It's sort of how I feel, yeah. which you're alluding to with Steph Curry. Once Steph leaves, you know, they become the Orlando Magic. Or yes. the, you know, good team, you know, yeah. nice, solid franchise. Yeah. No, no diss to the Magic. But, you know, I don't go to Hawaii. I don't go to Mexico and see Orlando Magic jerseys. Mm-hmm. I see Steph Curry jerseys sure yeah. do. all over the place. <laughs> and so I, I think it'll fall off once Steph leaves, like you said. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be similar unless the Chiefs hit again with the Chiefs, right? Chiefs, I mean, the yeah. Chiefs right now with Mahomes and, and mm-hmm. Taylor Swift and Travis yeah. Kelsey, whenever that thing kind of kind of cools off, the question is, what what happens next? What do you think, Whitey? Well, I think uh, having signed Quinones, I think they're set for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Did you st- were you listening during our Brandon Pajemski when we were reading off the clips from the Anthony Slater article? No, I like Quinones. I'm kidding. I think he's a good player, yes. but obviously, yeah. I'm what what's up with pods? So so Pajemski, I mean, just some of them, 
some of the clips from this are just kind of outrageous. And you, you saw the one, we can't have, it was when Draymond was coming back from suspension, we can't have a turnover for game, you cannot turn the ball over for game. He said that to Draymond. He also he also says, Pajemski trails Curry for post-game workouts and studies what makes him great. He might be the most active member of the team's group chat, according to Green, and told Green he was coming for him via text messages. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. do this if I were you, Green warned. <laughs> I don't play fair. Pajemski <laughs> sent a bunch of old photos of Green in the team group chat. And last but not least, my personal favorite, Pajemski stays extremely late after games. He strolls around the locker room and speaks with anyone in his orbit. He tried to set up an NBA-related quiz after a game early in the season to get some spending money off of Clay Thompson <laughs> and then compared their salaries when Clay was hesitant. Thompson told him to stop pocket watching. You know, it's interesting to me about what Kyle, the point Kyle made. You see organizations and the Warriors, maybe they're on the brink of making this mistake. The Bulls did it. New England eventually fell into that. Teams convince themselves that, yeah, we have one of the elite players or a combination group of the some of the greatest players ever, but we did that. Mm-hmm. We put right. that right. together. Yes. And, you know, what happens? Belichick's like, we, we need to move on from Brady. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, well, then you're done. Um, and the Bulls, well, we, Jerry Krause, you know, rest in peace. Right. We're going to move off of this team, but it's okay. We did it once. We can do it again. Well, you can't because right. there's only one Michael Jordan, right. one Scottie Pippen, all that. It's like the Kings when um, when they had Weber and Vlade and that great team, and then the, when you know those guys were gone, it's like, well, we'll get you know we'll get Spencer Hawes and we'll get Jason Thompson. We'll just do it again. It's like, <laughs> nope. Uh-huh. And the Warriors will not be able to, like you guys are saying, you know, there's there's only one Steph, and when yeah. Steph's gone, there you you don't replace him. Mm. You, you just, just say don't. you can say that again, Whitey. Please, <laughs> I can't wait. I dream right. about that day sometimes, and <laughs> smile, the smile just just shows up on my face. It's amazing. Yeah, and Clay's already gone, basically. Yeah, he's not Clay yeah. anymore. So <laughs> he's, he's, it's already slip sliding away. Right. I saw I saw something about Clay actually being a a top interest of. The Orlando, Orlando yeah. Magic. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And they're just trying to. Clay actually is is shady, becoming the the Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. <laughs> Let's just put him on ten different teams yeah. and see where he actually ends up. And Chris talks about how Kings fans will be happy, or Chris will be happy when when Steph is done. And I think <laughs> uh, you can. Yeah, I mm-hmm. saw the coolest thing last night. Have you seen any of that Indiana stuff that they have on NBA TV to celebrate? The All-Star Game. I haven't Indiana. watched it, but I've seen it. So that, last yeah. night they had Reggie Miller and they had Isaiah Thomas and they had Larry Bird. And Larry Bird was talking about Clay. He's going, did you see he had like 60 points on eight dribbles? He's like, that's unbelievable. This is Larry Bird. Yeah, yeah. You know? He had like 37 <laughs> points in a quarter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Clay's just not that guy anymore, unfortunately. But it was interesting hearing Larry Bird just marveling at what guys are doing now as far as how they shoot the ball. Right, right. And, I mean, Clay even knows it, and that's why Pajemski's been starting lately. And the the Warriors are are part of this. They have a sprint that they have going. Lakers have a sprint that they have going. And the Kings, as well, have a sprint before we are on the eve of the, 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 the last part of the season starting. It's a 28 28- game sprint towards the towards the end of the season what do you what are you both looking forward to seeing from the kings maybe improve on to get this thing taken care of Uh, i mean i think you know the topic over the last 24 hours coming out of king's camp has been the three-point defense right Mm -hmm. i mean you you know they're so bad you can't allow teams to shoot 40 percent 
give me 38 percent. I'd be happy with 38 right right now. You know, teams are shooting 40 percent from three against the Kings. And so if they want to get to where they want to be and I'm talking top six, that that's where the improvement has to start. It's not about Fox, a bonus bench, whatever. You got to play better defense. And I want to see better three point defense, especially. That's it. That's the biggest key. It's also going to be interesting to me to see. Uh, how this trend continues. You know, all season long, we've been comparing this year to last year, right? This year, they're, okay, they have a few more wins this year, whatever. Mm-hmm. Last year, they came out of the break, and they were on, as you guys know. One they, five straight, yeah. eight of the first yep. nine. 11 mm-hmm. of 13, yep. I think, yep. coming out of the break, yep. including the win over the, the Clippers. Yep. Second yeah, game out. one of the most famous wins yep. in Kings history. So they're going to be hard-pressed to continue to match what they did last year. I think they're a playing team, and I think that's fine, but I think, like Kyle said, I, if they don't improve that three-point defense, they ain't getting out of the play-in. No, I, I don't. I don't think so either. Talking about the three point defense, Chris actually oh, found man. a a stat that we don't know if it would be considered luck or unlucky, but basically, yeah. if you look at the numbers, and Chris, you can probably break it down yeah. better than me. So, uh, looked at the open shooting percentage and the wide open shooting percentage mm-hmm. on three point attempts. Uh, the Kings are third in wide open three point percentage and first by a full percentage point, forty. 2.9% of wide-open threes go in. A bit of that is just being unlucky. I mean, some of it is structurally, yeah, you can tailor your defense to maybe not let guys get hot early, but wide-open shots, that's a universal, everybody's dealing on the same playing field, and the Kings just, for whatever reason, teams knock them down at way higher of a rate mm. against the mm. Kings than anybody else. Like, Kings are, like I said, 43%. I think the Pelicans were last at 35%. Mm. So there's a wide gap of wow. just unlucky, I guess, is what I would call it. But, I, I mean, we wondered if how much of that, too, is, you know, them allowing guys before they're getting those, those wide-open shots confidence. to kind of get into right, rhythm. Right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think teams come in with confidence. They know the stats. <laughs> they they got all the numbers we teams got. Teams walk you know? in right. and are the best three point shooting right. team. They, you said forty yeah. percent. The Clippers shoot thirty nine point eight percent or something from three. That's number one in the NBA. So essentially, every single night, it doesn't matter if it's the Clippers it's, uh, or if it's, it's us four in here. Right. We're gonna walk in and numbers say we're probably gonna shoot around forty yeah. percent against this team. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah, we saw it happen against the Magic when the Magic yeah, yeah. They that, broke that, franchise that was ridiculous. Records. And I think the biggest thing when you talk about the confidence and how that leads into how that leads into being able to make contested threes was that Cavs game. The last Cavs game on that road trip, which was a good road trip, five and two on the road trip. But early on in the game, they got going. Then later, yeah. whether it was Struess or whoever it was, they were making or Karis LeVert tough mm. buckets, tough threes, because that confidence and that's was a great three point shooting team. Too. It is. That was it a is bad combination. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was. And that was the one where you know Chris and I thought if you get this done, that's really impressive. But as the Kings kind of have been through this through this first half of the season or prior to the All Star break consistently inconsistent but we will see what happens tomorrow chris and i gotta get out of here thank you for listening thank you to nate littlefield for doing his thing thank you to larry krueger for joining us as well the drive guys up next fully loaded getting you ready for king spurs tomorrow and until tomorrow secure the bag light the beam